hello and welcome. Hello, I sound like Julia Child there. I sound like Julia Child. This is Markets Trucking Answers, the podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Gracie, who is sleeping. Gracie, Gracie. Ugh, she's out, but I'm sure at any moment she might get up to give her insight on what's happening. Today, we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and in the third half of the show, we'll have yet another reason why people are not living on Mars. Do you know why I'm not on Mars? Because there's a bunch of dumb, stupid, idiot people on this planet that we have to use our tax dollars to provide dry cheese sandwiches to because they do dumb things and they are idiots. And so I can't live on the beautiful red planet where everything is idyllic. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger did a documentary about it. Look it up. <laughs> right. So uh, that's what's going on today. Welcome, everybody, or welcome back. I want to start off by talking about this and doggone it. You know, when you get in your extreme upper 30s, apparently your memory goes on you. On the Dana Lash Show, which sometimes I listen to on the radio, on uh, 93.1 Indianapolis, the big 93 uh, in, in the evenings, she was talking about somebody, and that's who I cannot remember for the life of me who she was talking about. But she commented that this person was never found not guilty, that they dumped some kind of finagling and didn't have to go to court or whatever. And she said they were never found not guilty. And I hate to tell you, I hate to tell everybody this. Everyone is not guilty. All right. That's the whole premise of the United States and the beauty of this country. Regardless of what you personally think of someone, people are innocent until they are proven guilty. That this person was, was never found innocent. She's like, they were never been found innocent. You do not have to be found innocent. You are already innocent. All right. Until you are proven guilty, you are innocent period. That's how the justice system works. If you do not go to court, if you are not charged, you did not commit that crime legally. Okay. Period. Whether you did it or not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's what we have to believe in here. That's the beauty of our legal system is that people go to court and they're innocent until they're found guilty. You are not found innocent. You are either found guilty or not. Okay, you are already innocent. So you either maintain that innocence through a an acquittal, okay, where the prosecution loses, loser, or you're found guilty. But you don't you don't go to court so that you're found innocent. That isn't how this works. I know people on one side or the other like to put stuff out there to inflame the mass. Oh yeah, this person was never found innocent, so they must be guilty. No. <clears throat> everybody, everybody, you, me, everybody top to bottom is innocent of every crime until they are found guilty of such crime period and everybody should believe that you should always have that in your mind that you're innocent because doggone it you're going to want that presumption of innocence as well when you go to court and i just hate when people on either left or right side where she would be very far right are talking like this the whole idea of the country is that you are innocent Okay, when you go to court, it is their job to prove that you're guilty. You don't have to say anything. You can sit there quietly. Nothing. Your defense attorney says nothing. And unless they prove their case, you walk. Because you walked in there innocent and you walk back out innocent. Innocent. The prosecution has to change the mind of the jury. Everyone on the jury should already be thinking this person is innocent and then it's up to the prosecution to change their mind. For someone like her to get on the radio and say this person was never found innocent is just horrible. 
it's where she puts herself out there as some kind of great pundit and oh i'm the voice of morality well you know what in this country people are already innocent they don't have to be found innocent they're innocent already as they walk around as they do anything whatever it is they're already innocent and it to, for her to say something like well they need to be found innocent is just not correct that's not the whole premise here this isn't some weird third world uh you know crap whole country as somebody may have called it where you go to court to try to prove your innocence that's not how it works you don't go to court to prove anything the prosecution comes to court to prove something you don't have to prove anything all right and that should be in everybody's mind and that doesn't matter what the crime is it doesn't make any difference to me you're innocent until they prove it and even if you say well i know that person did or whatever if the prosecution can't prove it they can't prove it and you walk and i would rather guilty people walk like that than having innocent people go to jail okay you're much better off uh my way really you do not want to put innocent people in jail and make it easier for the prosecution it should be very hard for them to do their jobs it should be quite difficult because you are innocent and it should be a huge hill for them to climb take someone's freedom away we have such little time as it is we don't want it being wasted in jail eating these dry cheese sandwiches all right did you see this bloomberg is saying bloomberg of all things 90 percent of long-haul driving will be automated uh coming soon it didn't say when 90 percent uh no all right someday could that happen i guess it'll take a whole shift in how everything in trucking is done even according to them they put out put out a way the same way that i kind of think it's going to work which is where local drivers will bring trucks to a staging area where they're then hooked to a truck that will drive it without a driver the long distance part of a load and at the other end the truck is then uh, you know, detached and some local driver finishes delivering the load. That's how I kind of think it's going to work too, because the city part is very hard to automate. There's too much going on. It really is just very difficult, but the road part is much easier. Okay. It's much simpler. And uh, I think that eventually that will happen. And what they said is, uh, you know, some of the things that are impediments like weather. Yeah. The truck in the rain if it rains, starts raining too heavy, it turns off the automated cruise. Okay. It turns that off. So beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, and the other stuff, right? It said, well, you know, if we just automated the Sunbelt states, that would be 10% of drivers. All right. You know, that might be a possibility that's, you know, could happen if we change some laws and stuff, maybe in the next 10 years. That's certainly a possibility. But companies have to get used to this new way of doing things. And that's very hard to do. You're going to need. A driver on each end and you would think it would be easier to hire local drivers it really isn't it's hard to get people to come over from the road to local because of uh, you know some of it is perception oh i won't make as much money that's certainly not true uh oh uh some people told me well mark i don't like seeing my family i'm like well i don't understand that you know why are you have a family but uh you know there's just some other things i don't want to be a local driver or whatever okay Okay, so it's going to be harder for companies to do that than they would think. It's not just as simple as, you know, putting an ad and hiring local drivers because there are a lot of good local jobs. So people that run local are already in those jobs. <laughs> so to have somebody, you know, what's going to happen is some large carrier is going to want to pay not a lot of money for an hourly driver to do this or they'll even mileage it, which would be even worse. And that's a real problem. That is going to be a real problem. But automating the north, 
No way. And they said, look, they can automate the country during the sun, you know, during summertime and the south year round and get maybe 40% of over the road trucking. Okay, I can see that too. It just depends where the load is going and stuff. Will it all, will it ever end driving? Maybe. I mean, that's so far off in the future that you can't even imagine where there wouldn't be any truck drivers. That's quite some time off where everything's automated. I mean, you can't even have a vacuum cleaner go around your house without getting stuck every, uh, you know, couple of days or whatever as it drives around underneath your couch. So I can't imagine a truck uh, doing this kind of thing on its own over the road and all this stuff. And you'd have all these mechanics that you need to fix all these complex things. It's a long way off. Bloomberg makes it seem like it's coming. And I think companies do this. They'll put this stuff out in hopes it gets picked up so that they can get grants and funding and stuff. And it isn't really anything that's really realistic for companies. Maybe some automated in the next 10 years, you'll see 1% of trucks where some part of the route is automated. It's a long way off. It is a long way off. When the rain aggravates the automated crews, you know, the distance crews on a truck, they have a long way to go. When you go under a bridge and it hits the brakes, okay, we have a long way to go before this is 100% because it needs to be 100%. There's no one there to drive. The idea of this idea of this Bloomberg thing is that's it. It's just this, that no one drives, that it's just this just a truck and now new NHTSA National Highway Traffic Safety Administration rules which I do not know if they would apply to commercial vehicles or not but they are saying that automated cars will not be required to have human controls so a car that is fully automated does not have to have any secondary controls and I don't know how that would work um, for instance bringing the car into a shop is there some kind of shop mode where uh, maybe it follows a Bluetooth signal to a phone or something. How do you get it to drive into a booth, you know, a bay, a booth, a bay? I'm thinking the booth at the J, right, where you make phone calls. How do you get it to drive into a bay, that kind of thing, you know, an oil change, that, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. I guess all the green people, well, Mark, it's all going to be an electric car because that's the greenest way when you dig up lithium and then send it on a ship around the world and have it processed by children in China and slaves and then send back over here, that's green. Okay, right, whatever. So that's what they were saying. That's what Bloomberg is saying, and it's just not even close to uh, reality. Now, we talked about this a little bit, and there's going to be a video about this coming out probably tomorrow. The the courts have ruled on 1099, uh, some appellate court. And so what they're going to stick with is the economic realities test. Could you pass this if you are a 1099 driver? Probably not. You're probably illegally misclassified. But otherwise, let's see. So there's five questions that you have to answer to be 1099. Okay. Is the work that you do for your company part of the regular business of the company? Example, Joe's Plumbing cannot hire a plumber to be an independent contractor because that is the work the company does. Okay, so is the work you do as a driver part of the business of the company? Do they move freight around? All right, so the permanency of the relationship is another one. So are you a long-term person there? So they can't hire a an independent contractor and say, oh, we've had them this person as an independent contractor for 40 years. No, that's an employee that you have for that amount of time. An independent contractor is there on a temporary basis to solve some kind of problem and leave. and uh, number three investment do you have an investment in the tools of the trade as it says so whatever the tools of your trade are do you do you have an investment in them Uh, for example here would be a truck so do you have any money into the truck 
or are you driving a company truck as an independent contractor illegally misclassified? Number four, who controls your day? Uh, do you have to wear a uniform? Do they tell you where to fuel the truck? Do they buy the fuel? There's your investment part again. Do they give you a route? Do they give you times? Do they do? Do they have a camera in the truck, or is that up to you? Do they speed limit the truck, or is that up to you? All these things are control. That controls you, the way you do your work. You have to be able to control the way the work is done to be independent. That's what independent people do. Isn't that amazing? And a loss. Can you suffer a profit or a loss? Okay. Can you suffer a profit or a loss? So can you have a negative check? Can your check be negative $1,000 this week? Okay, to be an independent, you have to be able to suffer a loss. If your check can't go below zero, you can't be independent. You have to be able to suffer a loss. So that's pretty interesting. 1099, most people that drive a company truck, well, everybody that drives a company truck is illegally misclassified. It's rampant in the industry. Many, many companies illegally misclassify people to save themselves money. <clears throat> they put it out there as a big deal for you, but in fact, they're saving workman's comp. They save unemployment. They save all these other things that they would otherwise have to pay, vacations, holidays, all that stuff. And uh, that's a real problem for you, all right? So, I suppose at some amount of pay, it's probably worth it because you are getting the benefit of that as well. But most companies are just paying regular rates and saving all this money. They should at least share that money with you. I would think to be a 1099 at the moment, I think that probably 90 cents uh, all miles, um, practical miles is the minimum that I think you should accept to be 1099 because then I guess you're making money and above that, maybe. Maybe below that, no, because then the money they're saving, they're not sharing really enough of that with you. They're not giving enough of it to you. So that's uh, what I think at the moment, and that probably goes up here soon. Oh, did you see this NASCAR hauler? What, it was for tr trucks or something in Atlanta? So he goes to leave the field. I thought these guys knew where they were going or whatever. He goes out one of the tunnels and smashes into the tunnel and wrecks the truck and trailer. Did you see that? At the top, there were pictures of it all over the place. And the tunnel is marked 11-5, right? It's marked. They show the big signs right there at the tunnel, and he smashed into it and ruined the trailer. The trailer looks like it's probably totaled, or it's going to have to have a lot of work. The truck, the whole top of the truck was removed, everything. What a total mess. It says 11-5 right on it. Now, in North Carolina, there's this truck that was parked there over the weekend. Now, here's the thing about this, all right? Now, I'm not recommending you do this. I'm just saying this is something somebody might do. So, what neighbors were complaining that there's a truck parked, and he's in the grass. He's, like, gouged out the grass, a semi, with a refrigerated trailer. And they said the reefer ran all weekend, and this is the second weekend. And, um, you know, they don't like it, and they want it removed. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd put a note on that truck. Not me personally. I'm just saying somebody might do this. You know, not me, of course. That says, if this truck is here again, I will turn the reefer off. Or I'll turn it on to minus 20. Or maybe, it depends on what the temperature is. Maybe you just change the temperature setting on the reefer. Right? Or, or really, what people do is block them in. I don't know why they didn't do that. Go block this truck in. Because I guess people said they wrote to the company, and the company said they don't know who's driving the truck. They're going to look into it. I mean, what company doesn't know who's driving one of their trucks? They give them the truck number and everything. Oh, we don't know who's driving that truck. Oh, it's amazing. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. How about this? How about no? Somebody could go out. What if somebody went out and flattened all the tires in that truck? That would be terrible. I'm not saying to do that, but 
You know, when you aggravate an entire neighborhood with a running reefer all weekend, I think that's a problem. I'll tell you what, here I wouldn't tolerate it for two seconds. I'd have been on the phone to the cops. You know, trucks are not allowed down this, my street. They're not allowed in the neighborhood, right? 8,000 pound limit, and I'm all about it, right? I don't want trucks parking here aggravating me. That's why I live here. So go park in a truck stop or something where trucks go. They don't go in a residential area. I totally agree with the people, and more action needs to be taken. Somebody needs to come out stealth at night, uh, you know, dressed like, uh, you know, Tom Cruise or whatever, and take care of this. It needs to be taken care of. Simple as that. Let's get this taken care of. There shouldn't be another weekend with this goofy truck parked out there blocking everybody up. One more thing here. Another thing. Uh, one, yeah, excuse me, ma'am. One more thing. New York City. I love this, right? New York City will pay people $87 for filming idling trucks. So you're only allowed to idle three minutes in New York City. One minute if you're within so many feet of a school. All right. And so if you will go film the truck, including the truck name, and send it in, they give you $87 because they find the truck $350 and you get $87 of that. One guy made $60,000 last year doing that. All right. And people can say, well, Mark, that's not right. And it isn't idling at a red light. Okay. It, that's not what they're talking about. These are idling trucks that are parked, either delivering or whatever they're doing and not the reefer. Okay. You're not allowed to idle the truck unless it's being used to run a ramp or something like that for delivery. Otherwise you have to turn your truck off and you can agree with that or not. But at the moment, that is the law. I am almost all for it because here just this week, it's been very warm. So you pull up to the fuel pump, and what happens? Okay, what happens? The guy next to you leaves the truck running, 70 degrees. Why are we leaving the truck running? Turn off your dang truck. You do not need to idle your truck 24-7. I wish this was a nationwide thing because I'd make a ton of money filming people that will not turn their truck off. It is a total waste. It is a waste of fuel and really of resources of your company. And if you're buying, well, Mark, I buy the fuel. All right, we'll turn your truck off anyways. You're an idiot. All right, there's no reason to run your truck 24-7 when the weather's good. It's So it's 65. You pull up to the fuel pump. Oh, I can't turn my truck off for four minutes. It won't be the exact temperature I had it set for in there. Come on, turn off your truck. But in New York City, they enforce this, and people are cashing in on it. Some of them are almost making a living doing it. You have to film the truck the whole three minutes to prove that it idled for three minutes. But as soon as you do that, you can send in the film and collect your bounty, your booty bounty. That's pretty good. I like it. I kind of like the idea. I wish it was a nationwide thing. Well, 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 you know, sometimes people email me and they'll say, hey, Mark, I just bought such and such a car, uh, this car, and what do you think? Is this going to be a good car for me? It's, uh, you know, eight years old and it's got a hundred and something thousand miles on it i love it's got 180,000 miles on it you know it's 10 years old is this going to last me uh you know for 10 years uh i have no idea <laughs> so the time to check that stuff out is before you buy a car amazingly maybe just maybe oh i don't know take it for a test drive uh have a mechanic look at it all right think about things before you buy them well mark there's not a lot of cars well Okay, so that doesn't mean you should buy a bad car or a car that has problems. 
You know, is the engine light on? Did you have the code scan? Did a mechanic look at it? I mean, all this kind of stuff. You start getting cars that have a lot of miles. And I don't know if you know this, but the manufacturers of most cars have said now and then, you know, over time, around 150,000 miles is how long they expect a car to last. Okay, about 150,000 miles. That's their lifespan that the manufacturers put on a car. When you're taking the chance buying a car with 180, 200,000 plus miles on it, you are taking a chance. It's already lived last, past its lifespan. It's like seeing somebody that's 93 years old, all right, and then they die, and people are like, oh, what happened? Um, they're 93 years old. That's why they died. They way outlived their lifespan, and the same with a car. They only have so long. Now, if it's meticulously maintained and all that, fine. But almost every time, almost every time, we didn't get the records for cars that were traded in. Now, sometimes if the people only went to the dealer, you can do that and go and say, all right, you know, uh, what are all the records on this car? But I'll tell you, even if people gave us all the paperwork, which sometimes people did, usually older people, but they would have all the paperwork and go, oh, here's all the services we did. Uh, you know, be sure to show the next person, whatever. We wouldn't do it. We threw them out. Why? Because I'm not giving the next person all your information. Okay. I think people would find that not great, even though people say, oh, you know, you can show. We didn't show it. We did not show it to people because of the personal information. We didn't want there to be a problem. So that kind of stuff, you know, in the car, never a good idea. Even though you might have done an oil change every three weeks or whatever, it doesn't make any difference because the next person's probably not going to know about it unless you do a private party sale, which I don't really recommend. Oh, yeah, I got a Facebook group. I'll meet you in the back alley at 10 p.m. and you can come and check my car. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay, I would rather take a little bit of loss on the money and sell it to a dealer or trade it in or whatever just because I don't want to have to deal with somebody because it's when the car breaks down in two weeks and the people are like, oh, you need to uh, fix this car. I'm like, oh, no, you may not understand what as is is. Uh, so I'm always uh, the dealer route. But the time to check out a car is not after you get the car and then go, oh, I wonder if this is going to be a good car. Let's go ask somebody. This car has, you know, way more miles than it was even ever expected to run. So uh, or that's got, you know, it has an engine light and smoke some. Is that a problem? Yeah, it's kind of a problem. Right. Go get it fixed. So there's a reason that the light comes on. It's not running the way it's supposed to. <clears throat> and I don't want to hear from people, which I do sometimes. Oh, well, Mark, you know, old cars they always have an engine light. No, they don't have to always have an engine light. Okay, you could fix it, and then it doesn't have an engine light on anymore. There's a problem. Whatever it is, change the sensor, fix something, clean something, whatever it is. It doesn't have to have an engine light just because the car is past a certain age. That's not a thing for cars. And don't just buy a car because you need a car and this car happened to be for sale in your area. Go travel. Okay, I was just looking at Chevy Sparks again. There's a new Spark for 15575 496 miles away from me. Okay, and there's a used one at the dealer here for 19 Okay, it's a 2020. So it's two years old. It's got like 8,000 miles on it for 19 So I would save $3,500 by traveling 500 miles and going and getting one that's brand new. With the full warranty and everything so what do you think is a better deal can you drive round trip a thousand miles for three thousand bucks that's the thing don't just keep looking in your area now cars are a little bit harder to find go outside your normal area the normal places that you go and start looking around there for the vehicle that you want and now we had to 
California for yet another reason why we're not on Mars. Um, the reason we're not on Mars is because there's a bunch of dumb people here, apparently, some of whom are hungry. So we go to a local dingy cinder block basement apartment in the neighborhood, and we find a dude living alone. Probably has a girlfriend, though. They usually do. So he's sitting there watching his favorite Sally Jesse Raphael show, and he says, wow, you know what? I need to go get some stuff that I can sell at a local pawn shop so that he can get money because, you know, jobs are so yesterday. And he then leaves. He emerges basically like a mole from the ground and heads over to a local house in the area and immediately breaks in. No one is home. And upon looking around the house, he notices that they have tater tots. Now, I will tell you, I'm a big fan of tater tots. I like them. I think they are delicious. So I kind of agree with him and see where this is headed. He says, wow, you know, I think I should take a break right now from burgling and cook up some tots. So he does. He not only sees the tots, he cooks them up and eats them proceeds to eat the tots and you know what happens when you carb load you go to sleep so he's super tired apparently and collapses on the couch and goes to sleep because it's tiring living in a cinder block apartment i assume you know moving that antenna around on your tv to just barely get in the latest shows well the homeowners come home and they find him he's still there isn't that awesome he hasn't actually stolen anything other than the tots besides breaking in. And they, rather than saying, hey, good choice on a snack, they call the police. The police arrest him. And what do you know? He has a long record. Surprise. He's done things like this before. I don't know if he's done things like this where he eats people's food, which I suppose is a crime because it's not his food. But uh, certainly breaking and entering and all that is a crime. And he's arrested and taken to the slammer where he doesn't get tots, but does get dry cheese sandwiches. And if he's lucky, his girlfriend will put money on his books and he could buy honey buns from the commissary. This is yet another reason why we do not live on Mars, because we have to support people like this. Well, they burgle tots and are not working, even though there are jobs everywhere. That everywhere, you know, as far as the eye can see, you can't shake a stick around without seeing a help wanted sign. So he has decided to do this kind of line of work. I don't know how long he stay in jail for that. Probably not long, unfortunately, even with a long record. Just in California. Oh, restorative justice. Let's put him back on the street. He's just doing it because he's hungry. He's doing it because he's an idiot. Okay, and he should be slapped around. And like I say, after his third arrest, he should be kept in jail, period. Okay, for anything. Okay, yeah, Mark, even for small things. Yeah, even for small things, because you're a menace to society and you should be kept to jail. So uh, that's how the story goes with that. But that's the deal. That's the deal with that. Tots, pass out, handcuffs. All right. So who hasn't experienced that? I mean, come on, let's be real about that. All right. So uh, that's where we're going to go today. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. And of course, we'll see you at the Mid America Truck Show. It's the biggest name in trucking. Right, this coming weekend, depending when you listen to this, so we'll say uh, 25, 26 down there in March, 
in Louisville, possible snow flurries. So get ready for that free truck parking. Look at the map. See you down there. Thanks for listening.